0: Hi, welcome to Inside Strategic Coach. So Shannon Waller here with Dan Sullivan. And today we're going to talk about the value of obstacles. And Mm -hmm. this is not a normal conversation, Dan, because most people just wish obstacles would go away. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about obstacles and how we look at them at Strategic Coach.
1: So Shannon, one of the things I've noticed, certainly in my entrepreneurial life, but even life period, that the greatest breakthroughs I've made as an individual really comes when I'm faced with an obstacle where I have to become more creative, but I have to create some higher capability. I have to improve my confidence. One day, I just began to realize that something that people see as a negative, which are obstacles or opposition, is actually the key to their future success. If they set up something on the other side of the obstacle, which is a commitment to getting a bigger and better result than they have right now, then something magical happens because they have two reference points now. They have the future destination that they'd like to get to, and then they have the opposition, which is preventing them from going there. So your mind automatically then says, well, is this one obstacle or two obstacles or three obstacles? And right away, something you have just seen as general opposition actually starts breaking out into component parts. It's kind of like being in a fight. I mean, you know, I was a real scrapper when I was a kid, and I got into lots of fights. The best fight is where you're just dealing with one person, not when you're dealing with two or three people. And a lot of people can't deal with their obstacles because they never separate out the individual obstacles. So I just started a thinking process just on paper first, where I would set up the vision of where I wanted to get to. So this is V. And then I would add O, which is the obstacles. And this is what Catherine Namur identified, was this code that starts with V, and then you have O, and you just define the obstacle. You just tell the truth about it. It's an obstacle. And obstacles is an energetic feeling because the moment you see the obstacle, you lose energy. The vision automatically gives you energy, so you've set up this tension between... Real excitement about the future, but kind of being frustrated in the present. So you have this excitement frustration standoff, and there's kind of like electricity you're creating. It's like an electrical theory; you have to have a positive and a negative. And then, if you just zero in on the obstacle in the light of the vision, what happens? You begin to say, "Well, there are some things I can do. First of all, I can make a decision. I can make a decision to get past this." And I can communicate this to other people, what I'm going through, and then tap into their capabilities. This is where I want to get to, and this is the obstacle I want to face, and I'm kind of caught here. Do you see any way around it? And they do because they're not faced with the obstacle. They're not really experiencing the obstacle, so they're much clearer vision. And oftentimes we're much better at solving other people's problems than our own because we're not emotionally connected. So that would give you a sense of transformation immediately where before you were stuck and frustrated. Now you see, wow, there's real possibility here. There's real capability that's available to me. I've made a decision, so I'm much clearer. You know, I've got a real sense of direction about where I'm going before. And then you actually take the actions that are actually going to get you past the obstacle. And what you realize is that going through and transforming that obstacle is a component of the actual higher capability and confidence that you're trying to get to. So I was playing this. This is back in one-on-one coaching days. This is the early 1980s. A little this way and a little bit this way. And I was doing little diagrams with circles and arrows on a sheet of paper. And then one afternoon with a big, big sheet of paper, 11 by 17. That's a really big sheet, twice a normal typewritten sheet. I drew out the whole process of how that would work of going through and that your actual solving of the obstacles, the transformation of the obstacles to get to a higher vision goal of higher capability, your bigger and better results, that this can actually be a constant process of how you go through life. And I started to talk to other people about this and just using their vision and their obstacles as examples and they got enormous excitement out of this process and really that was the beginning of the money making part of strategic coach where i had a process so the process is vision obstacle transformation action We call it VODA. You can identify a bigger, better way of being in your unique ability and then the obstacles come up and you transform the obstacles, the obstacles become the raw material and you grow your vision actually out of transforming the obstacles into actions and you're back to V again and then you do it over again.
0: One of the things I love, Dan, about the strategy circle, which is really VODA in action, is just the complete range of topics and goals you can apply it to it works brilliantly for unique ability also works for having good quality free days mm-hmm. works well in terms of our ultimate time system of focus days and buffer days and i used it to decide to get married <laughs> which is a very novel way to use it by the way it worked we've been married since. and i
1: can that. remember you had some obstacles
0: yes we did <laughs> Most of it was that neither one of us were good at planning, (laughs) but a deadline really helped with that. So it's kind of incredible. And I remember coaching our very first Unique Edge workshop and one of the attendees, because we wanted kids to have the capability of vision and then dealing with their opposition and transforming Mm -hmm. those obstacles into actions. So she said, oh, well, I'm going to use this to plan the rest of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And in my mind, you know, this is my inside voice. I'm like, oh man, I'm not sure if it actually works for that. Anyway, she comes back half an hour later and it did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she had a whole plan laid out what her obstacles were, what her transformation Mm -hmm. strategies were. And I was so impressed. So, this whole thinking process is so powerful for strategizing your way out of Mm -hmm. just about anything. And to not get overwhelmed by obstacles is such a profoundly different approach. It's making them really useful as opposed to something that you would avoid.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I noticed, Shannon, and, and uh, so often you'll come up with a concept and it's clearly articulated. So it allows you to go forward, but it actually allows you to go backwards and analyze where you were successful and you did have breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. You were actually using the voter process. And the same thing for other successful people if you wanted to do their biography, you could do it as a series of constant, setting bigger visions, transforming obstacles, and taking action. And it doesn't matter what line of work they're in, doesn't matter what career they've taken on, the really successful people have a positive attitude towards their obstacles. And when I say positive is that they absolutely are eager to engage with their obstacles because they realize that it's the raw material for actually creating the reality of their bigger future.
0: Well, and that's actually what we have, or what you have on the bottom of the strategy circles. The obstacles are actually the raw material for achieving our goals. Yes. I really love that because you've talked about how important it is to break it down into the discrete little parts mm-hmm. because then your brain kind of gets unfrozen. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, with how I'm put together, is that I tend to only see one, two, maybe three obstacles. So I now make a point of bringing in other people who have very different points of view and usually much more tapped into logistics and have better awareness. And they help me do it. So you don't even have to do it all by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's actually very powerful to do in a conversation Mm -hmm. as a team because together, we're always right.
1: Yeah, and I had an incredibly vivid example of how well this works. About six months ago, I had a phone call from somebody who is just an incredibly successful entrepreneur in the food business. It was in a state that has just announced that they were going to raise their minimum wage in three portions, but it was going to take their wages up about 60% higher than they were now, and you know the profit margins in the food industry are not that big. And that They could accommodate that big a loss, and they can't raise their prices because they're in a competitive marketplace. He was stuck with this because it had just been announced the very day, the very afternoon, before uh, we had our phone call, and I says, but here's the thing, and I said to you, there's another way to look at this. Supposing using the strategy circle, which he knew very well, you could actually create a solution that only you knew, but none of your competitors knew. Right off the bat, I noticed that he had switched out of his mood, and he says, well, how would I do that? Well, I said, it's in all the problems that this new legislation is going to cause you, all the obstacles it's going to throw up that you don't have now. And I walked him through it. I didn't do the exercise because he has a partner, and he says, well, I'm going to do this. You know, We're going to do this right away and six months later they've come up with 21 specific strategies how they're using this very, very ugly and very onerous piece of legislation to actually catapult them into all sorts of market advantages that would never have happened if the negative thing hadn't happened. They were so happy and they were so delighted and they said, you know, we're better off now than we were before the government threw this obstacle. We actually flipped it. So and I said, Yeah, but they can lay off too. (laughs) I mean there's other kinds of obstacles you can deal with and anyway. But I just want to show you because a lot of people would just complain or they'd say they'd sell the business because I can't operate in this environment. But they're giving up. They're treating the obstacle in a negative way rather than a positive way. And I find invariably when people are faced with an obstacle that everybody else thinks is the end of the game or the end of the road, but they stay with it and they flip it, they create a whole new road for everybody. Not only do they change their business, they actually change the game that everybody's playing or the possibility that other people or they they go into an entirely new area that they would never have explored if they hadn't totally creatively engaged with the obstacle.
0: Well, if I think about a lot of the innovative breakthroughs in terms of technology or processes or any of the great things that we get to live with, it's because someone tackled the obstacles and came up with an Mm -hmm. elegant solution. Mm -hmm. And that's why we get to enjoy so many of the great products and services we all get. The part that I want to touch on before you wrap up, Dan, is just what you said at the beginning about the importance of having a really big vision. Mm -hmm. Because without that you're not really going to have any obstacles to transform. And Mm -hmm. that's such a key part of entrepreneurial success.
1: I want to give you one that you don't know the background story to this. You know the punchline, but you don't know the lead up to the story. And that is that when I got to the late 1980s, I was over 40 years old. I've always been a slow developer. I'm a late learner and a slow developer because I don't, pass over experience. I try to make sure that I do full justice to all my experience step by step. But I was 43 years old and I was getting to say, you know, gee, kind of running out of time for making a big deal. And we didn't even have the strategic coach program at that time. You know, I was a one-on-one coach and we were just beginning to experience real success because of the strategy circle that I had done. I was just playing around with age and I was thinking, you know, well, I looked up the tables and it said the average age of males in North America. Canada, the United States, it's about the same. It was about 78 years old. And I said, wow, I'm more than halfway there. I said, what would be a goal that would free me up from the sense of repression that I'm running out of time? and that I'm getting a late start. So I said these are mindsets, you know, I've always had a pretty good feel that the thoughts you think are mindsets that you've made up and so I I had these two thoughts that I'm running out of time and I haven't accomplished very much. And what I did, Shannon, in my mind, I doubled the 78 and I came up with a number of 156 and which just happened to coincide with the turn of the 22nd century. So it was the year 2100, because I was born in 44, and I treated it as a measurable goal, I treated it as an achievable goal, that because I'm kind of slow, and I'm kind of late getting started, I'm just going to double the amount of lifetime that I actually have, and I came back and I said, well, what are all the obstacles to me living to 156? And some of them were just psychological. Well, nobody does this, and you seem really odd, and you seem you're just trying to fool yourself here and everything else. But some of them were I wasn't exercising as well as I could be. All the health and fitness stuff immediately popped out. And then I just started doing that. And from that point forward, I've gotten continuously better health and fitness wise to the point where at 72 right now, I'm actually in a lot better shape than I was at 43. And where I really saw the difference in this is when I actually hit 70 and there was a big surprise birthday party for me and I was just noticing how I was treating 70 in relationship to 156, which is now in my brain for close to 30 years I've had this thought of 156. I've just bought into this 156 thing. And what happened is that I'm looking around me at 70-year-olds and I'm noticing that they're all retired and they're all slowing down and they're not making any more investments in the future because the future is closing in on them. And I said, boy, I've had a huge payoff from this thought process and I feel that the next 25 years from where I sit right now, is going to be the biggest and best 25 years I've had so far, and I've almost had three of them, three 25-year periods. What I'm saying here is that I just treated the obstacle of running out of time and dying at 78 as just obstacles and then I set a goal that far surpassed those obstacles and I just followed the logic of it and I just kept playing with it and playing with it and playing with it. Now it's one of the major concepts in Strategic Coach and people have said that they've extended their notion of how long they're going to work by 10 years, 20 years, some of them 30 years. So it just shows you, you said before, you can apply it to anything. Well, I have yet to find somebody <laughs> who applied it that way, but it's still a vision and it's still an obstacle and there's still a transformation and there's an action. So it, it's the result of a very interesting Voda exercise.
0: I love it. That's a great example, Dan. One of the things that strikes me as you were telling that story is just, as you said, the incredible byproducts that have come from it. So whether or not 156, which I hope it's true, how healthy you are, how vibrant you are, how prolific you are, your goals certainly inspires everyone in the team at Coach that their future is assured because you're Mm going to hang around, Mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I know how much our clients absolutely Look up to you and respect what you're doing because mm-hmm. you provide a real example that they have never seen before mm-hmm. in terms of how someone lives their mm-hmm. life. So, that's one of the other things about Voda that's so interesting. If I think about entrepreneurial stories and what parts I find fascinating, it's how people overcame obstacles. Mm-hmm. We love to read about that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no plot line.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're a hero. The thing is that all stories, to be great stories, have to have a hero. And they have to have a villain, too. Well, the hero here is the vision that you're going towards. And the villain is the obstacles. And then there's the trial that you go through, which is the transformation. And then there's the action that leads to the hero gets bigger. The hero gets bigger and better. And anything on the planet that's constructed on that basis is fascinating to other human beings. I think it's the basis of all human entertainment. It's all great stories are Voda based stories.
0: Mm-hmm. So our own stories should be as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, Dan.
1: Thank you, Shannon.